Nathan. Hello, Trevor. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad, my friend. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. And this week, we need to talk about the 1976 Mike Lee film Nuts in May, starring Roger Sloman and Alison Steadman. So this week, it's the... We're saying obscure. In the past, it's been films that haven't been that good, hasn't it, Nate? Like your Supergirl and Jaws the Revenge. Yep. And this week is no different. What? What? <laughs> oh, this film is a little little piece of gold, I think. Little gem. Little gem little of gem. gold nuggets. So, yeah, it fits into the sort of criteria that this you may not have seen this film. It's not a huge blockbuster that everyone's seen, but though I seem to think that those who have watched it tend to have a sort of a place in their heart for it afterwards. <laughs> I don't know about you, Nath. Did you enjoy it? No, I did enjoy it. I did. I'm only messing with you. I know that this is something you've been a fan of for some time. It comes up <laughs> in conversation quite regularly. Yeah, it is a great film. It is, uh, it's another one of those... My mum and dad had watched it when it first came out in 76. It was on the telly. It was BBC Play for the Day. Yeah, and they always used to talk about it. And then one year, Vic and Bob had an evening on BBC Two, and I was a massive fan of Vic and Bob anyway. So they sort of took over. It was a whole evening of telly chosen by them. They chose the schedule, yeah. And it was the very first ever pilot episode for Shooting Stars played. They'd done a load of sketches, and then they had like old comedy programs and stuff. But the the evening ended with nuts in may the film and i was like mum that's the film you're on about so we taped it because you had video back then yeah and uh just it just got watched all the time in our house from then on (laughs) uh and actually the dvd copy that i've got i paid like 15 quid for it about (laughs) 10 years ago because i couldn't find it cheaper and i was like i just want it i'll just buy it as it is probably the most i've ever spent on a dvd (laughs) That seems that seems outrageous, but that seems to- totally believable knowing you as well. So that's fine. <laughs> so that was my history of the film. But uh, before we talk about that, I always like to ask you a question, don't I, Nath? You do. Yeah. Do you know what it's going to be? Um, I've got a feeling that you might be inquiring as to whether I'd watched any other um, films in the last week. That's exactly what I was going to inquire about, yeah. Have you? Tell me, son. I'm just trying to think if I have. Have I? I don't think I have, mate, if I'm honest. No? No. no That's all right. It's been nice weather, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah I've been out. I don't blame you a bit. Been out in the hot tub. not watching a film. Been out in the hot tub, haven't I? Ah, <laughs> uh, hot tub in it, have you? Yeah, reading a book out in the hot tub. You know, living it up, cool. bruv. So you're reading a book. What book are you reading? Still on the sharps? I'm still on the sharps, yeah. Still loving the sharps books. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself, mate? You watch any, uh, watch any films, watch any books, read any films? I did. Week? I've read, a, I'm reading a book that Ant Kind, that I said. Yeah. Last week, Charlie Kaufman book. I'm not very far into it, but so far it reads like Peep Show. Right. <laughs> it just, it's it always in someone's head and he's a bit neurotic and yeah, it's just reminding me of Peep Show at the moment, but I'm enjoying it. It's funny. Cool. Uh, but films, I went to the cinema. Okay. Yeah. Um, to watch a film that I was sort of looking forward to, but also dreading. It was the film of a series that I really like on BBC Three 
uh, people just do nothing. Yes, I remember you saying about that. Yeah, about the garage band, uh, not garage band, the um, pirate radio play garage and that. And the series just, I love it. And they've made a film called People Just Do Nothing Big in Japan. So I went to watch that. It was good. It was funny. It wasn't as bad as some TV film spin-offs can be. You know, the the David Brent film is pretty awful. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, mate, no. No, you're not missing anything. <laughs> that was awful. Right. But, but this one, yeah, it complements the series. It doesn't go too extreme. Um there's just some great moments in it. Good fun. Oh, cool. Not not disappointed. Well, I've, I just recommend anyone watch the, the TV series first because those guys are just great. But they all just started off on YouTube making sketches and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And then this got picked up. There you go. The rest is history. Now they're in a film. Amazing. But well deserved. Oh, good. That's cool, man. Yeah, so that's, that's talking about films. That's us talking about films. For another week. Yeah, that's what, that's what we do. <laughs> We're talking about the movies. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we had um, the viewer's choice, wasn't it? Listener's choice. And it was Alan Day that suggested uh, Blues Brothers. Do you remember yes. that? Yes, I remember watching that. So we had some comments on that. Gary Stone said, best film ever made. Seen it many times. Also the stage show three times. And once out in the US, live at Universal on the streets. That sounds pretty awesome. Uh, Steve Smith said, a classic, along with Blazing Saddles, Naked Gun and Airplane. I like Naked Gun and I like Airplane. I think I've seen Blazing Saddles once or twice, maybe. Yeah. Never, it never, although I enjoyed it, it's never really stuck with me as something that I want to keep going back to. No, I, I'm exactly the same, Nath, to be honest. Um, some of it is funny. Some of it is just sort of dated isn't it yeah yeah that'd be the most polite way of saying it but even when i watched it as a kid I'd, it wasn't one of my yeah it wasn't one i went back to time and time again no i mean air, airplane if i turn on the tv and i see that it's on <laughs> i'm stuck until it's done you know what i mean and yeah, the same even, with naked gun films yeah yeah even airplane 2 was great and that was different writers and directors and i but i think they'd done it so well and um I've been watching all the Star Trek films, as I said, lately. And yep. I just, every time I see James T. Kirk, old William Shatner, yep. I just think of Airplane 2 and him in that, <laughs> up on the moon, like, the lunar base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just great fun. But, uh, anyone else said anything else? Let's have a look. I think we have. Um, Gren Kiapra said, great soundtrack. Fucking awesome soundtrack. It is a fucking awesome soundtrack. And Alan Day said, I hate the Illinois Nazis. <laughs> um, so, should we just talk about the film now? We can do. I mean, have we had any other um, correspondence? No, nah, no, nah, that was it, mate. Just a quiet one this week. But last week, it took us like 25 minutes to get round to talking about the film. So, <laughs> I think this week, if we just get on with it. Okay. We had lo- let's, loads let's of correspondence on. last week, didn't we? Yeah, let's talk about the film. Let's talk about it. Let's. So, Nuts in May. Talk about it, a filmer. Shall we give a little plot synopsis? Oh, mate, you do a little plot synopsis. I haven't written one down this week, so I'm going to just make it up off the top of my head, all right? But I yeah, just remembered. Yeah, yeah. So, Keith Pratt and his wife, Candice Marie, uh, are two sort of middle-age, a middle-aged couple who are getting away from Ipswich, was it? Did they say Ipswich? No. 
Croydon. Croydon, yeah. Getting away from the hustle and bustle of city life and escaping to the countryside, to Dorset and to a campsite where basically they just cannot seem to get peace and quiet, can they, Nath? No, no. It doesn't make it sound as good as it is. <laughs> it's just, you know what? I was having, I was trying to explain the film to my mate Dave at work that I was telling you about a minute ago. Yeah. And every time I was trying to explain it, he's like, all right. And then let me guess, this happens. And I was like, nah, nah. And he's like, oh, and then, then this happens. I was like, nah, nah, they just sort of go camping and (laughs) get, yeah, there is no, get annoyed. (laughs) Massive story arc, is there? It's just, they're trying to have a peaceful, relaxing 10 days away. Yeah. And, uh, but they've got to deal with other people who don't understand the country code as such. No. The weirdest part of this is that Candice Marie and Keith are, well, Keith is the most anal character you'll ever meet, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Fastidious and just a real, real patronizing. Oh, doesn't he love telling Spe- everyone about it? <laughs> especially to Candice Marie, just belittles her, doesn't he? And Yeah. When I watch this now, it's I've almost become him <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The last time I watched this film was before we'd been doing Summit or Nothing, and now I'm ticking off all the places he's been, yeah. all the places they're visiting. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> you know? Um, and you're probably closer to him with, like, watching diets and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of everyone in So there's a bit of all of us. Yeah, he's actually evolved. His character's actually evolved to sort of... He'd be more acceptable these days, I suppose. Back when you watched it then, you just thought, what a dickhead. You still do now, but at the same time, he's got some good ideas that people are putting into practice these days (laughs) a lot lot more. Yeah, I was was sort of... I've got to be honest with you. I was watching it, and when... uh, Ray had his radio turned up. I was like, that is a bit, a bit rude, yeah. if I'm honest, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And then, and then when know, um, yeah. Finger and Honky turned up on the motorbike, I was like, Jesus Christ, what a pair of cunts. <laughs> like, and then, you know, I was like, why did they have to go and camp so close to uh, Keith and Candice, you know, Candice Marie? Yeah. 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 But people were like it, didn't they? People were like that. That's... You can see exactly where they're coming from, but at the same time, you love to see it happening to <laughs> Keith out of all the people. He thinks he controls everything and he's got no control over other people. No. At the end of the day. No. It's his own tiny little version of chaos, isn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't imagine him surviving life in a city, <laughs> you know, having to deal with people like that every day. Just. But then he's probably in uh, some office, belittles everyone that comes in to the office. Yeah. Looking down on them. Was, he, was it social services they said he worked? It was, yeah, it is. I think it? it was, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's probably the most, the perfect man for that sort of patronising, degrading job. <laughs> degrading to others. But, yeah, so Roger Sloman, who plays Keith, he's just brilliant and it's, He's done a lot. You look at his IMDb, but he's never really broke out. It's not a name you go, oh, Roger Sloman, I remember him. 
but he was perfect in this role. I don't think anyone else could have played it just like him. These, to me, are like my favourite comedy couple on TV. Right. Uh, or, or or in film, I think. I just think they're great. Candice Marie played Alison Stedman. She's been around a lot more. A lot, her name's a lot more recognisable, isn't it? Yes. You heard of her? I recognised her. Uh, I, I knew that I knew... Um, who she was, I just couldn't place her. And the moment you said she was in Gavin and Stacey, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I got her. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's her mum, the Gavin's mum in that. But yeah, they're just great. I mean, she was in another because this I said was the play for today on BBC, so it wasn't really a film. It's just a film for TV. Another one, Mike Lee done had Alison Stedman in called uh, Abigail's Party, and that's brilliant as well. There's only like three of them in that. And she's throwing a party at her house. Right. And her husband's real stressed. And yeah, just really, that's really great. And she's complete opposite of Candice Marie in that one. You know, she's so pushy and forward. Whereas in this, she's sort of meek, isn't she? She's almost like Keith's child, isn't it? You know, Candice Marie is completely dependent on Keith to survive, isn't she? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, there's there's little bits, little glimmers of her trying to sort of find her own personality and be her own person, but it's immediately stomped upon and sort of eradicated. <laughs> it's like we won't be having none of that. Yeah. Well, she goes. They go to uh, Low Earth Cove. I've been there, and uh, they're down on the beach. And she, look, Keith, I've picked up several pebbles, <laughs> and it's like, put them down, Candice Marie. If everyone picked up those pebbles, there wouldn't be any left. <laughs> just like so fastidious isn't he just yeah and when they're when they're going around that castle and she's like look what's that over there keith (laughs) oh that's number four and then he just (laughs) walks off that's number four keith slow down i wish i had the book Uh, hi i'm telling you what they are (laughs) that's number 10 over there So fucking funny. One of my favourite lines is at the Corf Castle bit, and they're they're looking out um, into the distance, and she's sort of talking about ghosts and things. Is she? Is that what she's saying? She said, "Do you think they do come back, Keith? Ghosts?" And then he sort of like becomes distracted, and he looks out into the distance and goes, "Oh, there's a car going up the B three three five one." Oh my oh, god, he's dude. so fucking dull, isn't he? Oh, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he really does do your head in with his barometer and his, uh, when he's explaining his thermometer that records the highest and the lowest temperature. It's just like, <laughs> why do you need to record that whilst you're on holiday? <laughs> why is that just important? That- you can imagine him going going back to work on his first day back. Well, on the first day we were away, the highest temperature was 21 degrees Celsius and the lowest temperature was 9 degrees Celsius. <laughs> on the second day that we were away, you know what I mean? It just why, why do you need that information? What other purpose does it serve? I oh, know, it's all too much. I mean, he's set up in the very opening scenes when you see, you just hear them singing, don't you? Um <laughs> I want to get away, she said. And it's their car driving and just them singing to the banjo. They make up their own songs, which comes into play again later. But at the beginning, it was just, 
you sort of get a feel for them, don't you? They're like, yeah, what type of people they are, making up their own songs to do, or to do with their holiday. The prettiest is in Dorset or something. The line was, but then you see when he pulls up and he puts his, he's got his driver's gloves, puts his gloves on the, <laughs> on the dash to go in and pay for the camping. He's got his little black book and he opens up. So every time he makes a purchase, he writes it in his little black book. Camping. Ten <laughs> pounds. <laughs> Narrates everything he does, doesn't he? He's yeah. Just, yeah, real prick. <laughs> but it just, oh, it just makes for such good viewing though, doesn't it? You know? It does. You, just, cr- you love you love to hate him. But he's so cringeworthy as well. I think this was like years before The Office, but just he's achieving the same things that uh, Ricky Gervais was in The Office, really, isn't it? The same sort of, oh, God, don't talk to them. Oh, you're making this worse. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what you were saying when Ray turns up, <laughs> puts on the radio. and But, like, in that scene, right, what is Ray doing? He's just lurching in a tree, isn't he? Yeah, I know. It's like, that's fucking creepy, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, are you listening to the radio? No. Well, would you mind turning it off? And it's just like, well, if you're not listening to the radio, what the fuck are you doing in that tree, Ray? If I'm honest. He's <laughs> just but, climbing a tree. Just climbing yeah. a tree. Well, I suppose people did that back then because they didn't have Facebook. Exactly. But, yeah, so it just, but like, I couldn't think of anything more obnoxious than turning up in a campsite and just having your radio blaring for everyone to hear, regardless of yeah. whether they wanted to or not. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? So I, I, I think I that's his generation, isn't it? He's the younger generation is what it's supposed to be. Um, you, I've not seen him in a lot. He's done a few things. The only... Was he a Vogan constructor? Looks like it. He looks like he played a Vogon. I don't know if that's the film or the old series. Anthony O'Donnell, his name is. But he's done a few bits with... Um, he's featured in a few of Mike Lee's films since. But the one film that I... As soon as I saw it was his name, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Puffy in uh, Santa Claus the Movie. <laughs> right, yeah. Have you seen Santa Claus the Movie? I have, but I'd be hard pushed to tell you who Puffy was. Puffy is there's Is he one of the elves? Yeah. Dudley Moore's character builds like a production line, doesn't he, you know? And he's yeah. he's up against Puffy for the job of top elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh Dudley gets it, fucks it all up though, doesn't he? You seen it? You know what I'm talking about, mate. I have I have seen him fuck it all up. He builds a load of shit half rate toys, doesn't oh, he? Oh, it all falls apart, doesn't it? Yeah, cunt ruins Christmas, doesn't he? Fucking did, didn't he? Little duds. Little penis. Duds. Fucking little penis. <laughs> fucking all over crapping all over Christmas, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah. Little but, shitster. Um, so, yeah, he's been in a few things. But, he, yeah, when they first been. turn up, he's like, Candice Marie is just, she's goading uh, Keith. And you can imagine that's driving him to boiling point as well, because she's like... Keith, he's just ignored you. He's turned it up. Keith, are you going to do anything? Keith, we can't stand for this. And she's just pe- 
peck, pecking, aren't you? And she, then he'll just snap. All of a sudden, Keith snaps, goes yeah, over no, there. He, and like, <laughs> he goes over and tells him quite sternly that he doesn't think it's fair that he should have his radio on such high volume. And then he comes over yeah. and then he turns his radio up uh, on again. And then he? the following day, they pick up a hitchhiker and it's Ray, didn't they? And it sort of puts them all together. And Candace Marie asks Ray what he's studying and they start talking and... Keith doesn't say a word. <laughs> He's just like, yeah. doesn't want to know, really. Doesn't, not interested in Ray at all. Not appreciative that Candice Marie is chatting away to him. Yeah, I couldn't make out if Candice Marie fancied Ray or was just generally trying to make conversation with him. I think she's just generally trying to make conversation with him. I don't think the idea thought crossed her mind. Do you not? But I think, no, I don't. Because oh. that- I don't think she... She's looking for anything else. She's got Keith. Yeah, but she's also you very know? frustrated with Keith at times, isn't she? <laughs> but then, then there, yeah. there, there are other times where she's totally not, and you're totally like, no, look, Keith is the only man in the world for her. You can see it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I take it back. When you look at the bigger yeah. picture, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense that she would fancy Ray. No, I don't think she's going for Ray, but she's interested in him, and then she's like... Ray says that he doesn't want to do history, but he had to take it as a second thing. Well, why would you have to do history if you were doing sports, Keith? I wonder what... Why don't we go and ask Ray? <laughs> 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 he just, he just bolts on over there. Hello, Ray. Candice Marie would like to know why you're doing this. when you. <laughs> just, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> She's like, Keith, no, no. If I was Ray at that point, I probably would have moved my tent to the other side of the field. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, like, this bloke's off his fucking head. Isn't he? <laughs> fucking yeah. hell. So then the next day they pick him up and they're coming back from the, the quarry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and my then God. you see Ray. The quarry He's thing. ducked away to avoid them. Yeah. But then he, he gets caught on the road and they pick him up and it's like, right, Keith opens the door and like, sees it's Ray. He's like, oh, want to lift? <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't want to be there, does he? No. Um, the quarry scene, go on. Oh, mate, just it's just brilliant. Like where, uh, like Keith immediately, like after asking about the uh, the fossils, he really just doesn't. He's got no interest in paying for them. The money, <laughs> you know, he just doesn't like. That's it. He just doesn't want anything to do with that. And he's just making any excuse possible not to sort of have any interest in in the uh, in the fossils and taking one home and paying for it. And Candice Marie's like sort of like edging him on about finding a small one or whatever. And it's just like, no, oh, it's just brilliant. Like you know, he's just turned up somewhere. He's asking loads of questions. He's getting sort of an opportunity to do this and look at that and taking everything for free. The moment it comes to money coming out of his hands, no, 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 I've got no interest in that. Time to go. See you later. <laughs> but it's also like they, you know, he's the. The vegan before vegans, wasn't he, you know? And yeah, yeah. Going around not wanting the poisonous whites and <laughs> the big speech he gives to Ray when Ray comes over later on yeah. to the tent. We'll get to that scene <laughs> in a minute because that deserves just its own time. But, yeah, all the way through, he's, like, trying to find milk fresh out the cow and no one's, like, allowed to sell it to him. Yeah. yeah, but then every time so you see someone else with milk, and Candice Marie's like, "They've got milk, Keith." <laughs> <laughs> it's, just like, it's like a big deal, isn't it? It's, yes, <laughs> it's just so monotone, and she's got her 
uh, Prudence, the teddy bear, that she takes to bed with her. And when they're sleeping, in, the, they're lying in the tent, and she goes, she's like moving it around like a puppet above her leg. Look, Keith. Yes, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they got the their ways of doing things, like chewing. Yeah, yeah. How many times you're supposed to chew things? Keith, you, you told me I'm supposed to chew my food 76 times, but when I chew mushrooms, I only got to 35, and it, I'd accidentally swallowed it. <laughs> and then he's there eating a peanut. She says, but you're, you're eating a peanut, which is, uh, obviously, it's harder to chew, so you need to chew that 72 times. What do you think, Keith? And then he just chewing for, like, another 42 times. <laughs> <laughs> and when he swallows, it's only one peanut he's eating, and he's just chew, chew. This real long silence, and then I think it's up to your own personal discretion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't they have some conversations? Oh my god! I just like you imagine, like after watching it, like you try to imagine the conversations that they have at home. You know what? What they find yeah. to talk about? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! You must have known someone like it. I think how um, Mike Lee films work. They sort of, or I don't know if they still do, but back then he would. These were like partly improvised, so they'd get the idea together and the story, and then they'd all get the actors together and they'd just throw it all around until they they got what they thought was be funny on the screen. I think it just really works with this. I've seen a few of. Um, Mike Lee's films. He's sort of classed as a kitchen sink director, you know? Kitchen sink movies, which are like gritty dramas. Right. But I think his are always a bit more light-hearted. You've got Ken Loach used to do similar films. Things like Kez and that were real pretty, pretty grueling, you know? Whereas there's always a bit of light-heartedness in Ken Loach. Uh, Mike Lee. In Mike Lee's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is definitely light-hearted. <laughs> yeah. It is. It re- it goes really quick as well. Watching it, it's not that long a film, is it? And it is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, or also, I've seen it on YouTube. So if you lot do want to watch it yourselves, which I highly recommend, because I just think it's just one of those films. When people come in and I'm watching it, they be like, "What the hell is this?" And it looks so old and so dated that if you saw it when you were flicking channels, you'd just flick past it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. If you didn't know it. I've shown people, you know, we had a house full of people come round, all turned up when we was watching it one night. And um, amongst them was like some of the younger sort of members of our family. And they were like, what the hell is this? But by the end, they were just all in stitches. Other mates of mine have watched it and then have had to go off and buy their own copy of it. <laughs> it just... Uh, it's just, great. just like little... Oh, well, yeah, no, that's going into the Ray scene again. But yeah, just... Well, go on then. Let's go, well, let's, go into the racing. Let's go into the racing because that's <laughs> just awkwardness personified, isn't it? Just, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. So, what what instigates that in the end? Is it is it Candace Marie wanting to have their photograph taken? Is that what it is? <sighs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. Because they've already swapped guidebooks, haven't they? Because uh, that's correct. Oh, doesn't Ray he? and Candice Marie had been chatting in the tent, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah. And Keith yeah. ends up spying on them, doesn't he? <laughs> Through the bushes with his binoculars, watching them. But yeah, so then you um, 
because they keep meaning they, they talk about it a couple of times about getting a photograph and then they decide because this is the other thing isn't it like they've been to loads of lovely places and taken none fo- no photographs whatsoever and then they decide to have a photograph taken of their holiday <laughs> but it's just them stood outside the tent <laughs> which is just is typical Keith and Candice Marie yeah. you know God, it's such a Keith and Candice Marie thing to do so they go and um, Keith goes over and asks Ray and says, oh, Ray, would you mind coming over and taking a photograph of us? And um, you can have a cup of tea as well, but you'll have to bring your own mug because we've only bought two. So, no, uh, it's Candice Marie goes over, is isn't it, it? Candace- and tells him to come over. Right, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Keith's like, oh, f- hello, Ray, sit down. I'm glad you've bought your own cup because we've only got the two. We wasn't expecting company. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes it instantly awkward that he doesn't want him there, isn't it? Yeah. And you can see from Ray as well that it's the last place he wants to be as well, isn't it? But he's got... Oh, know, yeah. I think he feels obligated after being given a lift, doesn't he? Like, you know? Yeah, and sort of chatting away to Candice Marie. They seem to get on a, all right, don't they? Yeah. So he's sort of in a rock and a hard place, really, isn't he? Poor old He's Ray. not the greatest actor, though, is he, old Ray? But <laughs> I don't know. He seems a bit more wooden than all the other actors in the film, but... For this scene, he's just perfect because you just feel so fucking uncomfortable the whole time. First of all, they just go into like, it's like, how'd you take your tea or something? And then he asks for sugar. Oh, no, we don't have any of the deadly whites here. And then they start going on and on about all their dietary requirements and how the human body is a, a herbivore. Yeah, what because, do they call because it? of the way it moves. Oh. oh, it's the way its jaw moves. And it's got, yes, and a meat eater has an has a intestine like that, whereas ours goes like this. And that's what leads to bowel cancer here. <laughs> this real, like, fucking. <laughs> just, it goes on. This is what is just brilliant because he just starts talking, the pair of them. And it's like a sermon, isn't it? They're just preaching. At poor old Ray. And uh, it even ends with them reciting the gospel, doesn't it? They're like <laughs> reciting a bit out of Genesis. And he ends it on that. And then it goes all silent. And Ray goes, do you mind if I smoke? <laughs> 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 and then they just start up again about smoking. If Ray... If I was to cut your chest open, take out your lungs and cut them in half in front of you, you'd be very shocked. (laughs) (laughs) No no fucking shit, Candice. Fucking hell. Oh, the poor fucking. You just see him there and he's just shrinking into himself the whole scene, isn't he? And he gets his his fags out and then decides to instantly put them away again because he just can't be bothered with the fucking aggravation. Except being a smoker, he's probably never wanted a cigarette more in his entire fucking life. You know what I mean? No, that's right. Oh, my God. But then that's not the worst of it, though, is it? Because then they're like, do you play any instruments? We play guitar. (laughs) Or it shows, Candice Marie shows him a painting first, doesn't he? And and it's like a real child's painting, isn't it? I know we've only had the one crack at uh, painting, but... (laughs) It's a watercolor, <laughs> and it's Corfe Castle. It looks like a, it looks like a ten year old's done it. Yeah, and he's like, oh, oh yeah, it's it's really good. That <laughs> it just like you could, 
like every time he responds to something, it's just like you can see he's kind of torn between trying to defend his beliefs and sort of challenge Keith's weird way of being or just shutting up for the sake of it and hoping that the whole ordeal's over as quickly as possible. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, oh, it's latter, just isn't it? <laughs> and then they're like, uh, oh, we've re- yes, we've, we write songs. Would you like to hear a song? <laughs> they get their banjos out. But, well, I mean, that's... I love the banjo scenes in this. Uh, I love it yeah. when they do play and Froggy comes a courting. And the, <laughs> just the way they stop. Oh, there's a lovely little robin up there. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's uh, just something about this character. I just think he's fantastic. I would have loved to have seen more of him. But how come they're allowed to play the guitars and that? You know, what is that? they're making noise, you know? But Yeah, yeah. It's a different type of noise, I guess. But oh yeah, well, not everyone wants to hear that, do they? So they why not? I mean, it's <laughs> it's pa- palatable. Yeah. Oh, mate! Just when they start playing, and it's just it's their their music that they play, the songs that they write, the painting that Candice Maurice uh, does, the just oh, it's just all very. Simple and primitive, isn't it? You know, but they're yeah. so very proud of themselves for their creativity or lack thereof. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it's just, just painful, isn't it? But the, then, like, when they're trying to go Ray into singing along with them, how many times do they go through, we want to see the zoo? Is it four times? <laughs> Five Three or times? four times, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. They go through it both together and he's narrating, this is the, fo- this is the chorus. <laughs> It, the lines repeated <laughs> just before he sings each line he's telling that's Candace Marie now back to me for free <laughs> such a fucking bellend uh, but that song we you know we went to the zoo last week and we sang that song on the way it's synonymous with our road trips now you know if we ever go to the zoo we want to see the zoo she said I want to see the zoo <laughs> Out comes that song, mate, every time now. True. You know? I can, I've been listening to you sing that song for at least <laughs> the last two decades of my life. <laughs> oh, it's class. But, yeah, they just sort of singing it and then like, Ray, would you like to sing now? <laughs> Getting him to join in and he's just, oh, my God, you just want to, you just feel for him, don't you? You just want the floor to open up and just swallow the poor guy up. <laughs> It's, the look on his face is just fucking horrendous. He's mortified by the whole situation, and then, then because uh, it doesn't, it's not so bad when he has to sing it with Keith, and then it's like, would you like to sing on your own now, Ray? And it's like, no. <laughs> go on, you can do it. You'll be fine. And then they go for it again. It's like, oh fucking hell, make it stop. And then, like at the end of it, he's like, did you want your picture taken? Just trying to hurry it along. Yeah, just straight away, isn't he? He's like. Did you want your photo taken? And this, and Keith's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Have you taken a photo before, Ray? And then he's like, right, yes, 11 foot, that should do it. And then he paces out 11 foot and draws a line in the sand with his shoe. And, oh, my God, it's just fucking hell. It's horrendous, isn't it? Yeah. They suck the life out of everything <laughs> that they do completely. 
Yeah, and you just get the idea that no one likes them. Like, the farmer doesn't really like them, does he? No. And uh, the woman who's running the campsite doesn't like them. <laughs> just, <laughs> just straight away on the wrong foot, aren't you, with them? Yeah. And we've worked for people like this, and... Uh, yeah, you can just sort of tell him as soon as you get there. He, he's a Keith Pratt, isn't he? He is a Keith Pratt, isn't he? Fuck. It's um, Chris's dad, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got to be. Saint, I've never heard anyone else called it. Chris, so. Chris had a much better career, though, didn't he? Yeah. Or he's having a much better career. He's having a better career. Well, uh, Roger Sloman played two characters in EastEnders, actually, Nath. Has he? Yeah, in 1992... He played D.S. Jackson in three episodes. Wow. And then years later in 2012, he came back as Les Coker. And he was in it for years. Might still be in it. No, he's not. 2016. Well, I take it back. I remember Roger, he's, Roger Sloman's had a prolific career. He's the TV detective man in The Young Ones. I remember that. Was he? The, was he? Yeah. Fucking hell. And he used to be in Bottom and things like that as well. You'd always turn up here and there. Probably yeah. not that. Yeah. I should imagine he's very um, typecast. Yeah, as a, a fussy old git. <laughs> Fastidious, miserable old shit. We want someone really annoying that the audience going to enjoy <laughs> hating. Oh, we need Roger Sloman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that voice. Uh, do you remember once we was up on the tours up on Dartmoor and we'd just done a big hike and we sat at the top of a tour before we went down and we saw a, a man walking up oh. with like a little backpack on and then his his little son yeah miles behind him with this big backpack on yeah it's like yeah. twice the size of him and it's like climbing up this hill dad can we stop in a minute no <laughs> and I just thought Keith that's Keith <laughs> that's, right that's there. Keith Pratt there <laughs> Poor boy, just dragging his rucksack. Now I often think, what would it be like if Keith and Candice Marie had children? Where would they go? I'd love to have seen a follow-up to this. Um, but yeah, as I said earlier, I do relate to Keith <laughs> a lot more than I ever thought I would, which was weird because I wasn't expecting that going in this time and then be like, oh, God, I do that. It's like at the end when they're like, they go, they move campsites and yeah. the farmer comes out and it's like, oh, well, we haven't got a campsite as such, but he says you pitch a tent up there. There's running water. Uh, if you need a shit, you'll have to go in the woods. No, was it? If you need a shit, you have to take a shovel. I've got my own shovel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a shovel. <laughs> I've got a camping shovel now. Yeah. I've got a camping <laughs> shovel. Great. Oh, maze balls, isn't it? Love it. And he's like such a fickler for his details, like all the uh, the clouds. Always going, oh, there's uh, a common astratus moving in right at the moment, <laughs> or moving along right in time or something. He's like just, uh, he's got to know everything about everything, isn't he, old Keith? Yeah. Anal. Yeah. Anal is fuck boy, isn't he? But he don't know fuck all about life, does he? Yeah, and I think, like, you've... It's, like, awkward with him and Ray, but you feel, ah, oh, they've sort of made up now. Like, you know, it'd be a lot easier camping. And then, as you see, in turn up honky and fingers. 
who are as uncouth as they sound, aren't they? Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> he's just so fucking loud and he's going round in circles on that fucking motorbike, just oh, he's doing your reading and they're shouting at each other. They're so fucking loud. And he just, he gets out and before he's done anything, he's like, oh, look, i got a football. Boom, yeah, oh, look, yeah, it's Ray, yeah, yeah, playing footy, yeah, we're having a kickabout, yeah. It's like, fucking Jesus Christ, fuck off. <laughs> and Ray, at this point, he just goes completely quiet. He goes and hides in his car, doesn't he? And Candice Marie's like, Keith, how can you read a book at a time like this? Do something, Keith. <laughs> and they're just noisy all night and then they're in the tent and, the, the, the state he's of that tent, <laughs> putting that tent up. Oh, my God, yeah. And he's put it all up inside out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it reminded me of some earlier days on something or nothing, that, the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> well, later days, it was only six months ago, I got the one tiger. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did I say that Candice Marie and Keith's tent, I used to have a tent just like that. Yeah. Bright orange thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it seems a long time ago now. I had a tent like that with poles inside in the way. Yeah. Uh, but me and my mates used to put that up every summer. That used to be our, like, summer getaway, you know. Can we camp in the garden? Used to drive me mum and dad nuts, I should think, because we'd have been up and down all night, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Old days. Mate. I mean, that tent, looking at that now, you think that must weigh a fucking... weigh a ton, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, we had... We had a... Thick old material. A tent like that with a steel proper steel poles i think my mum got it from um the army surplus shop down in bude and uh remember pitching it and it's just like oh it's fucking brilliant just you know and then i remember dragging my dad outside to camp in it for one night and he was fucking livid he hated being there couldn't stand it i don't think he slept a <laughs> wink i was annoying him all night it's almost like he was trying to suck the fun out of it so i never wanted to go camping again well yeah i mean my I was testing the tent out in the garden the other day, and Elise is like, can I camp in it? And I was like, only if Cohen's camping with you. You can camp with me, Daddy. Only if Cohen's camping with you. Oh, we've done camping anyway. Done that. Got the T-shirt. <laughs> but yeah, this it's, uh, Fingers is a bit of a dick, isn't he? And he's real brummy, and he just sounds, sounds stupid, some of the things he comes out with, and he doesn't get Ray's joke, does he, about the... The Irish magician, pick a finger, any finger. <laughs> I just shuffle them up. <laughs> Tell me which finger it was. I don't get that. I don't get it. Honky's looking at him like he's some sort of dickhead. <laughs> yeah, but of course this is this is the end of it for Keith, isn't it? He just flips his lid when they turn up. Well, it, breaking point is first of all he goes over, doesn't he? Slams on their tent. This is a tent. We're in a tent. Tents have thin walls, and we can hear everything you're saying. <laughs> But it's like, he really goes off the deep end when they stop ripping down trees to, to light a fire when they're not. A, and Keith's like, no fires in the countryside, which I completely like, <laughs> I feel the same. I walk along Dartmoor and you see patches where people have had a fire and you just think, you dickheads, I could make a citizen's arrest on you if I saw you. <laughs> As he tries to do, tries to arrest him. And then... Uh, he ends up stealing that log off him. <laughs> I'm going to knock your block off. <laughs> so Keith's, got, Keith's just going absolutely mental at the thought of uh, them starting this fire. And like you quite rightly said, Trev, 
You agree with it, I agree with it. If you see someone starting a fire or evidence of someone having a fire up in the malls or whatever, where you know you're not supposed to have one, you know, it, it does rile me up. You know, it does make me think, for fuck's sake, it's a simple rule. Why can't you just fucking follow it? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, we saw this happening last year at, uh, on a patch in Dartmoor. We took the kids up there and it was it was like a campsite up there. It's unbelievable, people everywhere. And we saw people like tearing limbs off of trees. You know, not even picking up a dead wood. Yeah. And dragging like massive fucking bushes across the river. And I just said to them, you do know there's no fires here? And like one of the lads was like, oh, oh. And then the others all just like stopped, waited till I'd like gone away and then just carried on. And you just think, yeah, fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah. But I felt a complete keef. Donna's like, Trevor, don't say anything. <laughs> but I, I can't, I can't, hold my, I can't bite my tongue. So I'm a bit of a keef these days. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to, to try and uh, force a citizen's arrest for someone on a campsite, it's not like they're in open <laughs> moorland, you know what I mean? And then don't, don't make me use force. He goes fucking nuts. Sonny. Scares the shit out of fingers, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's chasing him with that fucking branch. And like literally the faces <laughs> he was pulling whilst he was doing it. That Roger Sloman, he was having a field day, wasn't he? Fuck. And then that um, honky comes over. Does she get a knife out and then threaten to kick over Candace Marie's table? Yes. <laughs> it's, I think it's only like a cutlery knife, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, it's just like... Keith, she's got a knife and she's threatened to kick over the table, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he, when he finally, when it calms down, when he finally comes over, he has a proper full-on me- nervous mental breakdown, doesn't he? Mm. Fucking yeah. hell. I'm going for a walk. Oh, he is just crazy. Close to the mark, I and mean, he close to the edge. Yeah, he's wound up like a spring. You can imagine everything's got to be done exactly by the book with his with him, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like fires create a lot of smoke and a lot of smell, and especially if you're camping that close to other people, you know, there's a bit of yeah. I think yeah. as funny as it is to watch, there is. A, a valid point to be made of of being respectful of your fellow human on both parts, not just not just um, Honky and Finger and Ray, but like Keith and Candice Marie as well. Like you know, you have to be if you're going to go in that environment, you have to be tolerant and um, respectful of the people around you, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. But it's amazing how many people aren't, isn't it? No, yeah, no, I totally agree. Like um, one of my mates. Went down to the beach, pitched up, got to the beach early, found a nice spot, and he put up on Instagram a photo of his this spot on the beach. Oh, lovely, all to ourselves. Ten minutes later, he puts up a photo of his pitch with someone else right next to him. This is like fucking three miles of beach, and they're literally like a metre away from him, and he's just put, like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, <laughs> People are just fit, can't they? Yeah. Oh, look, that's where we've got to go. We've got to go right next to that man. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's like when you park in an empty field that's for parking. You can park as far away from the entrance as you want. And the next person in is going to be like, oh, I'll come park right next to you, but not right next to you. I'm going to park so close to you that my kids are going to open their doors onto your car. Oh, dear. Never mind. Yeah. Mm. Uh, What was I going to say? Anything else? Were you going to sing us out with your rendition of I Went to See the Zoo? <laughs> no. Oh. But I like the fact that, you know, all this worrying about other people's problems 
has ruined the campsite for Keith. Yeah. He's ended up having to leave. He's ended up out of pocket. Yeah. Then they go off and they get pulled over by a policeman. Oh, <laughs> this is the bit. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. It's all going shit for him. Isn't it? It? But he's like, he's, he's almost tough to see the policeman because he's so happy that everything's going to be completely in order, isn't he? Yeah. And then um, oh, when he fucking <laughs> finds his spare tyres bold, it properly hurts him, doesn't it? Oh, he's like, oh God. I'm a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm breaking the law, Candice Marie. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's just... Let the side down. <laughs> oh, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'll handle this, Candice Marie. That's the thing is, he always, always belittling her, always talking over her. Yeah. He treats her like a child and she's just, she just wants that. To have someone protect her <laughs> from annoying... Noise. Noise, Yeah. <laughs> And she like speaks up to Honky. She goes, I don't think you realise how dangerous an open fire can be. For one thing, you could easily set fire to your tent. It's our tent. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's just it, isn't it? Like when you're, and, and you know, although this is done in humour and comedy, there's so many truths in it as well, isn't it? Because when, when you're oh. arguing with people that are of that mindset, it is a wasted argument. Yeah, but this is it. It's like... It's funny, but now, especially after this last year, yeah, you see it more, don't you? These sort of people coming up to like Dartmoor and up onto the the, the mountains, yeah, not prepared for it, yeah, not sort of aware of what they're doing. They're just doing it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They ain't got a fucking thought for anyone else. The, the litter that people leave on the beaches and things. Oh, and, it's disgusting, you know, man, isn't it? Candice Marie at the beginning is sort of saying about that's what makes her talk about the ghost, isn't it? She's sort of saying about all the litter that she's found everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And now all the you know, if people came back from history and saw what a mess we're making of the world. But yeah, the people don't can't be told. And it's people of all ages, you know, it's not just kids. People always say oh, it's the kids, but I've seen a sort of a couple, my mum and dad's age, yeah, eating at the beach. They had fish and chips and they sort of parked in the car next to me yeah, and finished their fish and chips, just threw it all out the window and drove off. And it was like, you know, an elderly couple, they looked like sensible. And then you just see that and you just think, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. That's how many generations of fucking idiot we got now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the trouble. How we've sort of let this nation deteriorate, isn't it, in a year? And I think Nuts in May just highlights that... That difference in sort of character, but it's it's gone from both ends of the spectrum where I'd like to think that I'm somewhere in the middle, you know, <laughs> of Keith and probably more Ray than Finger. Finger and Onky. <laughs> but um yeah, at the same time, like last year when people were getting all anal with each other on all the Facebook groups about hiking and stuff, I didn't want to get into that. And I always felt there were certain people who would just have to cause an argument straight away. And I felt myself arguing with them, agreeing with the people I disagree with, just because I thought, now, fuck you. Why you got to say that again? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And then I was like, i got to get off this. But last year really t- brought up a lot of divisions in society. And this film, I didn't even think going into this film this time that, that I was going to come away with that sort of hang on a minute, you know, this really is still massively relevant, but the sides are sort of switching a bit, you know. 
yeah, where yeah. you fall. It's weird. Yeah, there's, I mean, as funny as the characters of Keith and Candice Marie are, they, you know, they, all right, they go about in a weird way, but they do sort of make some good valid points, don't they? Oh, yeah, they do, constantly. It's it's his business to protect the life of the countryside and, and our heritage. <laughs> well, it should be everyone's fucking business, shouldn't it? It should be, yeah. Yeah, Keith is yeah. a one-man warrior, isn't he? On a path, he's uh, he's going to set them all straight. But he's probably not the best person to have up the f- up on the front lines, is he? <laughs> no. Ah. He can fight the fight, but he's not teaching anyone. As soon as someone starts talking to me like that about anything, I just like, no, I'm not interested. No. He's... And I think that's what veganism, you know, maybe there's a lot to be said for veganism. But when vegans keep telling me, like, and I've got friends who are vegans on Facebook, and they'll constantly be putting up things trying to put people off meat and i just think fuck off you know one day maybe i'll think i eat too much meat and i'll cut meat out but i don't need other people telling me that i have to eat meat and it my daughter came home from school she's six years old and she came home and her teacher had told her not to eat meat and i was like what it's not up to your teacher to tell you she said yeah our teacher's a vegan and i was like oh that fucking makes sense (laughs) (laughs) you know but we haven't sent them to school to tell them what they can and cannot eat. We have enough trouble trying to get our kids to eat proper meals anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think... It's all got a bit pushy lately, hasn't it? Yeah, no, sort of... When, when you're trying to uh, dictate to someone something that removes their choice from them, you're always going to be met with a brick wall, you know? Just and puts me off wanting to change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when someone's telling me what I should fucking say and what I should do, and it's all getting a bit fucking stupid in every sort of corner of life at the moment. But no, it just it's even you know, I remember when I was a smoker, right? And um, you're smoking, and someone starts telling you about how bad cigarettes for you, and it's just like, I know how bad cigarettes are for me, but all you're making me want to do is light up another cigarette and blow the smoke in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's not that what you're telling me is wrong. It's just the fact that you feel it's your place to interrupt my life and tell me about it. That's what the issue is. Yeah. Yeah. All these people up on their high horse. That's what I say. Yeah. But then, you know, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I've been there. You know, I've been that person up on their high horse and I'm sure I'll be there again in my life. It's, um, <laughs> you know, you have to check yourself sometimes, didn't you, I guess? Yeah. So that was... Uh... Nuts in May, I reckon, Nath, wasn't it? <laughs> that was Nuts in May. Yeah, oh. Nuts in May, Nath, would you recommend Nuts in May? I'd recommend Nuts in May, just for Keith's facial expressions. <laughs> I think the pair of them are just brilliant. And uh, look, Kiss Prudence, a little Prudence doll. Yeah. I quite fancied Candice Marie in it, I've got to be honest with you. Yeah? Yeah. You'll probably like her in uh, Abigail's Party. <laughs> a bit saucy, in that. bit saucy. Might have yeah. to watch that. But she's... um. Yeah, she's great. She was on, I think it was a Celebrity Bake Off, and she made a cake in the shape of Prudence. <laughs> and when they asked what that was, she said, it's it's always been, you know, one of the earliest films she ever done. And she said, it's the thing that people always come back to and remember me for. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? Well, it's a good, it's a great it's, performance. It's sta- stood the test of time, hasn't it? It definitely has that. So if you do decide to watch it and you put it on and the opening scenes of them driving through Dorset in an old Morris Minor, um, 
on a you know looking it looks pretty dated and the songs the music the music's great there is no music in the film other than their music is there no right and it's just great it suits the film but yeah don't let that put you off just sit for it i reckon you'll there, there's bits where i just bursting out laughing still and i know what's coming and it's still funnier when it happens than i can remember it being <laughs> just like keith's reactions slamming that book shut let's ask ray shall we oh but yeah their songs and her song cigarette smoke it makes me choke litter makes me shiver <laughs> <laughs> that's like the last sing- song isn't it they're singing that on the on the the lead out of the credits and yeah. you just see keith climbing over the fence with a shovel <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant brilliant so yeah that was our obscure film for the week wasn't it Nath? Of course it was. Love a bit of nuts in May, bruv. So you know what it is next, don't you? It's not my turn, is it? It's your turn, mate. Oh, fuck. I've got to think of a film. You've got to think of a film. Yeah. yeah well, I don't know when we're going to do it because we're away next week, aren't we? So We are away next week. So you might not hear a podcast for a week or two, but don't be discouraged. We are still here. Just having a holiday, haven't we? Having a fucking holiday, bruv. So, Nathan. Trevor. Thanks ever so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, bud. Really enjoyed it. No worries. And if anyone wants to get in touch with us, you can contact us on facebook.com forward slash we need to talk about movies podcast or email us at wnmovietalk at gmail.com. Actually, you can also find us now, Nath, on um, Buy Me a Coffee, in case anyone wants to buy me a coffee. Oh, awesome. Yeah, go buy us a coffee. There's a link on the bottom of our podcast, actually. So go on there if you want. You don't have to. It's up to you. We'd appreciate a coffee. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, bruv, we'll see you all next week. Chase. Chase. <laughs>